2: Hey there, welcome to the Pittsburgh Steeler Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as well as the Ohioan Podcast Network. I'm Chris Pugh, I got Paul Yanchik with me. Paul, how's it going tonight?
3: Doing pretty good, and I, I have to say for this week, I would
2: say I'm doing a lot better than Brett Mason Rudolph the Third. Yeah, definitely. Um, it was funny, I wasn't sure what to do with this episode. I mean, like we've talked about, we taped this on Wednesday. Uh, this usually releases later than on the Ohio and on the Behind the Still Curtain Network. And we're like, "Well, what happens if there's no moves made yet?" You know, it's hard to speculate when there's a couple of days between a release date. But my goodness, the Steelers are making some moves. So let's yeah. um, just start talking about them because there's been a lot. Uh, first of all, and this was interesting. Um, we were debating last week. Who is going to be the quarterback? The thought was that they were, were going to bring in some type of free agent quarterback. And shortly after the tamper period started, and by the tamper period, it means the time that um, teams are allowed to start talking to uh, players from other teams. Um, the sewers got their quarterback, uh, Mitch Trubisky. And I got to tell you, Paul, I'm kind of neutral. I'm not yeah. jumping up and down going, hey, let's get, uh, we're heading to the Super Bowl. But honestly, um, Paul, we talked about some of the other options last week and they could have done a lot worse. <laughs> I'll just put like that. But you know, yeah. <laughs> the money the money was right. Uh the thing about Trubisky is I think for as rough as his time was with Chicago, I think things are okay. And um, you know, I think there's opportunity there. Um and I, I think really too for the contract that he was brought under, um, it's seven, eight and a half million a year. Um, I was seeing some crazy reports before free agency started saying it might take twenty million a year to get Trubisky. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want that. But you know, I'm feeling positive about Trubisky. I even during his rough times in Chicago, I looked at his game by game stats. He didn't have any Mark Malone type games where he threw four or five interceptions. <laughs> Now, again, with Chicago, he didn't have a lot of great, you know, classic Big Ben games, but he didn't mess things up. He's got potential. Uh, he's a number two pick. I mean, you know, they could have done a lot worse. What do you think, Paul? Um, Yeah, they could
3: have done worse. Um, That's not a glowing endorsement. Um, Honestly, I kind of look at him as – a mobile Mason Rudolph podcast, to be blunt. Um I, I want to be convinced. I'm ready to be convinced, but just not there
2: yet. And, and yeah, I'm like that too. I'm not going to swear up and down he's the greatest, but honestly, I think when you look at I looked at these guys as who has some potential to be kind of a breakout. And really, the only ever guy who I thought might be it that had some injury concerns was Jameis Winston. Um, and, you know, Trubisky does have the injury concern of Winston. I'm hearing some reports that he had a good year in Buffalo last year. Now, he played behind Josh Allen, and he played mop-up in a couple games. So he didn't really have a lot of action. But, you know, I'm hearing good things about him. Um, I was looking at Joe Frost's Twitter, and um, our guy Joe was – praising Kevin the Colbert. I mean, Joe was, it was amazing. So, so Joe, I'm assuming you're now the head of the Mitch Trubisky uh, fan club.
1: Uh, not the head of the fan okay. club. I, you know, I'm, I've paid my dues
2: now. <laughs> um,
1: I think it's a great, a great pickup. I mean, when, when we're looking at the different tiers of quarterbacks that were going to be available this off season through trade or through free agency, or even the draft. I think everybody's pretty middling about their expectations about what's coming out of the draft this year. Um, there's some potential in there, but you know, nothing that's blowing the doors off of anybody, I don't think. Uh, and then you're looking at that top tier guy, the, the people who are really experienced and have been there, done that. Uh, and they were the price tag for all of them was through the roof. So that leaves a mid tier group of guys, and out of that mid tier group of guys, I think the the person with the most success, even though it was modest, is gonna be is gonna be Trubisky. He's been to the playoffs before. Not everybody who's in that in that middle group can say that. Um, and he did it with a pretty difficult situation in in Chicago. So, you know, with the pieces that are already in place that made it to the playoffs last year with with Roethlisberger's ailing arm and uh, questionable play calling that su- didn't particularly suit his uh, his skill set, I think Trubisky can come in and work with Canada's offense a little bit easier than Ben did. It'll look a lot different than it did last year. It'll look a lot different from Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers football. But I think that there's a real chance for good success with Trubisky. I'm not here calling for Super Bowl next year, but uh, I, I, I don't look for a huge drop-off next year with Trubisky in place.
2: Well, you the other see everything I'm thinking about, too. And I've heard this of about there. The Steelers have really aggressively – I mean, really goodnight. aggressively.
1: Gosh, yeah, this week.
2: Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, the big talk is, okay, how, how does this affect the draft? Um, and I, you also saw this week too, with the, um, you know, the compensation, the compensated picks for losing free agents last year, the sewage picked up a fourth round pick. So they're now up to seven picks. Some people have speculated. And again, I'm not saying this is true or not that, Hey, you know, if the Steelers don't have many holes to fill, now maybe the Steelers go for a quarterback. I mean, a lot of people have said, wow, Malik Willis has been, you know, very high on their boards and other stuff. I heard some speculation today saying, well, maybe signing Trubisky because Trubisky's younger means they weren't that enthralled with Willis or Pickett. But I kind of look at, it, hey, if you pick up a Willis or Pickett, now you got insurance. So if Trubisky's great, Fantastic. You could trade, you know, a young quarterback. Or if if Trubisky kind of stinks, now you you can develop a young quarterback. So you're not placing all of your eggs in a Trubisky boat. I don't know what to make of that, but just food for thought.
1: For my money, I still see Steelers picking up a quarterback, but I don't see them pick them trading up to get one of the top two guys. That's me. I think they don't end up shooting for the moon for Pickett or for Willis and giving up a whole lot to get there. But I think uh, uh, you could see the Steelers pick up a second-round quarterback, second or third round, something like that, but using their first-round pick for something other than quarterback
2: now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, quite possible. And, and, you know, some people even said, hey, maybe Willis or Pickett would be there at 20. I mean, that's possible with some of the moves they made. I don't know. Any any thoughts, Paul? Well, well, let me ask you this way. From what they've done so far, and we'll talk about the other stuff they've done so far in a minute, do you have a feeling of maybe as of tonight what direction they could go just based on some of the guys they picked up?
3: Um, It does seem like they're filling a lot of nice holes. Um, It's going to be interesting because I feel like, obviously, you want to beef up that offensive line. Uh, I'm wondering to what extent now, um, I mean, Baker Mayfield was so fast to put out a statement like, oh, I guess that means I'm hitting the road. Um, I I have not heard if Brett Mason Rudolph III has made a comment because he woke up one day as the heir apparent and now he's right back to back up, apparently. Um, if I'm him, I'm not surprised if he would be knocking on the door saying, just trade me.
2: Well, I mean to be honest, he hasn't. I mean, they were saying that he was going to compete for a starting job, but I don't think anybody was promising him anything. And honestly, I think if you read between the, the tea leaves or whatever you want to call it, I don't. I I think he would. He wasn't thinking properly if he said, "Hey, there's no way they're not going to go for anybody else." Yeah, the Aaron Rodgers, the Sean Watson. And Russell Wilson thing was probably far fetched, but for him to start to think, oh, they're not going to bring anybody in, you know, come on, Mason. I, I mean, you're not thinking properly. So, you know, are you I, bringing questions upon
3: Brett Mason Rudolph the third?
2: Well, I mean, if if you're saying that he's he's going to try to one out, I mean, hey, he's got a chance. I mean, I don't think the Steelers brought Trubisky in to back up Rudolph. But I'm sure if Mason Rudolph goes in the train camp and goes crazy, the Steelers might say, hey, maybe we should sign him over Trubisky. You know, and that's the thing I love about the Trubisky signing. They didn't pay much for him. So, yeah, they paid him money that you should. I mean, They're paying him $7.5 million a year. You know, starters who have pedigrees in this league are getting paid $30 million plus. Uh, Kirk Cousins. I mean, everyone wants to rip on the Sears quarterback situation. Vikings re-signed Cousins because they really had no other place to go. $35 million for one year on the cap. You know, the Vikings right. don't have much other places to go now because of yeah. that. So throughout these years, the one thing Brett Mason
3: Rudolph III has not done is go crazy heading into camp. So
2: that's Right. Well, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything. I, I'm expecting him to back up uh, Trubisky and – Honestly, if they were able to pick up a top quarterback, I'm not even just talking Pickett or Willis. Say maybe it's that Desmond Ritter out of Cincinnati, or Sam Howell of North Carolina, or a uh, Matt Brown of yeah. uh, Miss right, Ole Miss. Yeah. Uh, if they pick up one of those guys, then you could actually treat it as whoever wins the battle between Trubisky and Rudolph, which should be Trubisky, they become that bridge quarterback, and then if the young guy really develops and get ready, you know you're good to go. So I don't know it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening there. Um, we are kind of up against um, time. <laughs> so let's do our ad right now. Uh, this is the Pittsburgh Sealer be- um, Power Half Hour on Behind the Snow Curtain and the Ohio Wind Network. We'll be right back. And just quick reminder, um, Joe, Paul, and I have an Accenture show. We're talking to the guy who got fired for, um, I need a new butt. Uh, We want to see what he has to say. Uh, So check it out. All right, we're back here on the Pitch McSever Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCritain.com as well as the Ohioan. Uh, We're talking about some of the Steelers moves they made already. We talked a little bit about Mitch Trubisky. But, you know, if that was it, it would be interesting. But they definitely made some more moves. Uh, Some of these guys I don't know as much about, but when I was hearing free agent offensive linemen, I kept hearing the name James Daniels. Um, not pro bowl yet, not all pro by any means, but the guy st- has starts. He's 24. Uh, I think he's already started I think 30, 40 games already. He's versatile. He's played center. He's played both guard positions. A lot of high praise of him coming out of Chicago. He's 24. They paid him less than $10 million a year. Again, no guarantee this guy's going to be great, but I think all last year we talked about experience. I mean, other than Trey Turner on the offensive line, none of these guys had a ton of starts. I think this James Daniels is a definite step in the right direction. He might not be that pro boy they're looking for, but I think him alone is going to at least give some experience behind the, the yeah. offensive line and just make the line better than it was last year. Um Joe, what do you think?
1: I mean, the, you're talking about the combination of people who they've, they're picking up. Are you just talking about Daniel specifically?
2: Well, you know, I saying, mean, I think.
1: Uh,
2: well, well, let's talk about the other guy too. What was his name from Minnesota? Cole, I believe. Cole Mason Cole. Mason Cole. Yeah. So yeah, Cole.
1: comes in, who comes in at center.
2: Right. So, like,
1: really, what gets complicated here is what they're going to do with, uh, oh gosh, what's this? <laughs> Crap. Um, for Kendrick Green. Right. Um, because Kendrick Green, it just looks like he didn't wasn't cutting the mustard as center. I think uh, that was the, the switch that happened during the season was the right choice, and they moved him to guard. Uh, so picking up Mason Cole makes a lot of sense because you've got a solid, experienced center, uh, someone who's a, a strong – uh, a strong player at center, so that shores that up quite a bit. But with James Daniels coming in to play, uh, and his position usually right guard, that's where Kendrick Green was going to. That was the thought when you have Mason Cole, then you put Kendrick Green at right guard, uh, <clears throat> especially with uh, uh, Trey Turner no longer there. Um, so the, re- the real question is, what do you do with Kendrick Green now that you've picked up two guys who play the twos Spots that Kendrick Green was covering. Um, So, but depth is always a huge thing to be able to have and versatility amongst these players and having Kendrick Green around still, once you've let Trey Turner go, uh, I think this is going to be a a solid rotation and an an ability that uh, the Steelers did not have uh, last year to have multiple people who can plug and play.
2: Yeah, I've heard rampant speculation on Twitter saying, and maybe Green can end up playing center or whatever. Well, either way, I, well, I might, oh I hope of Green's your center, but I, I guess what I'm saying is you've got two guys that even though we don't know exactly where they're going to play, they can play, they can start, and they're going to help put the Sealers line on a better tra- trajectory than it was last year. The, the other thing I like about it is they're young they didn't have to get paid that much i know we were all hoping for a sexy pick like whoever the well like you know we heard like ryan Jones. are
1: there sexy o-line picks oh, oh definitely,
2: yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> well you know there was a dream that hey maybe everybody ryan... answered that way
1: too fast oh sorry way too fast. that was way too fast of an answer for my wall is like
2: picks my my wall is my wall is littered with uh, offensive line sexy <laughs> picks <so> yeah <laughs> Yes. That's
1: weird. I'm no, yeah, I know. Mean, I weird. I'm not judging. I'm just like you I don't have the 2022 down. calendar. Uh, yes, of the, of the O-line yes <laughs> of last year's O line. <laughs> no,
2: yeah,
1: I don't yeah. have that.
2: I don't. Yeah. yeah, the new one comes out once the free agency gets right. The and, free
1: agency and the draft is not over. We don't know.
2: Uh, yeah, the, the young, sexy album's line. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but you know, going into free agency period. You know, Tom Brady retired. You looked at Tampa Bay, at and then did- Jensen, who people said, Well, if Brady's retired, Tampa is rebuilding. Jensen wants to go elsewhere. Brady comes back, Jensen resigns. So, again, the thing I like about it is the teams that win March, the free agency period, don't always win when it matters. I, I think the Steelers could definitely be classified as a winner, but they've done that without having to go spend tons on the top guys at each position. You know, they're making smart, rational picks, which is good. Um, Paul, any thoughts before we move to the defense? You know, I think it's, you know, the, the more options we have
3: for O-line, legitimate options so that we're not pulling the – hot dog and peanut vendors out of the stands. Um, hey, those guys are great so though. Oh any. yeah. No, no, no disrespect to them. Um, hey, nothing gets you ready to O-line like a
1: dirty water dog.
3: <laughs> they have, they have more important work to do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you, know, you know, if nothing else, it'll create some motivation for that whole squad to up the ante, something to have a little bit of umph to them can only be a good thing.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, we actually have a hard out in this podcast because we've got a bonus episode coming up. Um, the Steelers neurosurgeon got honored, and he's going to come on our podcast. Um, but so we want we need to conclude our conversation here pretty quick. Um, I hate to do this though because a surprising free agent move, and surprising a good way, happened actually this afternoon. We were taping this on Wednesday. Um, uh, the Steelers yesterday, though, signed Levi Wallace, who, again, not top-of-line free agent. A lot of people say he could be a number-two cornerback. Again, I wouldn't pencil him in your Pro Bowl or All-Pro lamp, but the Steelers didn't have some of that consistency that they're supposedly getting for Levi Wallace. Um, good solid pick, but my goodness, today, Jacksonville has been signing a ton of receivers. They want to get Trevor Lawrence help. Miles Jack became a uh, cap casualty. Now, Jack's been consistent. Uh, his numbers have been out of control, overwhelming. But the Seelers picked up a Miles Jack for a cheaper contract. Two years, $16 million, Solid pickup. And if you think about it, last year you had disappointed Joe Sherbert and Devin Bush that hopefully is coming back strong. Now you add Miles Jack, and unfortunately Joe Schubert was released today to make room for Miles Jack, but it's a big upgrade to the linebacker core. I mean, you know, we were looking at uh, linebacker as a must-draft position. You don't necessarily have to do that now since you're probably a guy like Miles Jack for your defense. Any quick yep. thoughts on Miles
3: no, I, I thought when you are talking about today, I thought you were going to mention re-signing Dwayne Haskins because that yes. is
2: roof. Right, all right, all right. Hey, easy, <laughs> easy, easy.
1: Um, yeah, I'm really excited about Miles Jack coming in. He was the uh, the tackles leader for Jacksonville last year, and obviously they had to do a lot of tackling. There was a you know a lot of scoring on them, and they lost a lot. It meant the defense was on the field a lot, but uh, a good solid tackler. Coming in and being able to add to that linebacking core is fantastic. So really excited about that. Um, I'm even excited about the the rumors that are out there and the photos that were out there of uh, the honey badger uh, sniffing around in Pittsburgh. If that's another potential uh, uh, pickup for Pittsburgh, uh, I I pity all of the offenses in the AFC North that just. We're just continuing to shore up an already really solid defense and increasing our ability to stop the run is going to be really, really damaging to a lot of the teams that were able to squeak by Pittsburgh last season.
3: Imagine that. No more 600 yards rushing performances Listen. for other teams. Okay. Listen,
2: stop well, it. Well, <laughs> we got to be careful though because again, we're recording this on Wednesday. Who knows?
1: Don't know expect- what's happening with that situation, but but Jack
2: right. is coming. You will hear this on the Ohioan before Sunday, but if you're listening to us on Behind the Steel Curtain, you won't hear it until Sunday, and who knows what's going to happen by then. Maybe everybody. The looking stands. for tomorrow.
1: Looking for tomorrow. Come on. Tomorrow's so, a good day to sign the Honey Badger.
2: Right. Um, <clears> but, <throat> you know, the positions they're going to need to fill, if not in free agency in the future, uh, question in safety. Uh, Troll Edmonds is free agent. He may come back. He may not. be nice, in my opinion, to pick up a quarterback. And it would be nice, in my opinion, if um, they could possibly go for a receiver, if not now, but in the draft. And then the on to last we heard, he's excited about coming back. We don't know for certain if he is or not. I think his comeback or not will depend a lot on if they go defensive line. So, hey, um, guys, we're up against it, though. So thanks for checking us out here on the Behind the Steel Curtain podcast um, for Joe and Paul. This is Chris. Thanks for checking us out. Have a great night, everybody.